0: Welcome to Together We Rise the Podcast. I'm Maxime, your guide, and this is a space for deep dives into all things multi-dimensional humaning, truth, magic, mundane, holistic healing and how we can embody a new way in the now. We are living in big times of change, and if you're here, you came to contribute to that. So let this be a place where you can re anchor into your own remembrance and liberation. Today's guest is the divine Ricky Jane Adams. She is the principal of the Institute for Intuitive Intelligence, a global esoteric intuition training school. She is a mentor and teacher for the spiritually fierce. Ricky Jane is the author of Spiritually Fierce, Intuitive Intelligence Training, and Superconscious Intuition. Ricky Jane has a doctorate from the University of Melbourne in Magical Realism, and she has spent over 25 years devoted to her spiritual awakening. And is a qualified transpersonal counselor. Now, what was not on that rap sheet is that Ricky has also played a really important role in my own remembrance and expansion journey, especially early on when I was just beginning to navigate and understand what intuition really was and what these deeper aspects of me were. So, as you'll hear, it is always extra special when I get to have mentors and guests on that have played a pivotal role in some of my own experiences and journey and growth so without further ado let's get her on what is your medicine for the world
1: ah i love that use of word and what i say for myself and when i'm teaching is my service is my medicine so whatever i'm offering i'm the first recipient of it and I know that I'm on the right track. If I still need that medicine, if that makes sense, like if I'm teaching something or sharing something that I don't need, then I maybe need to be shifting up that energy or changing it. But if I'm teaching it, I'm like, I really need this. I need to be hearing this. Then I know I'm in the right place. So my service and my medicine is to, create the space for people to know that they're God. And I do that specifically through uh, initiating them into esoteric intuition. So that phase of intuition that isn't interested in, am I going to marry that guy or should I buy that house? But the, that language of consciousness that brings us closer to our God nature Um, and I just want to caveat that by saying, if anyone's uncomfortable with the word, God, please insert your preferred Mm -hmm. infinite divine, you know, unlimited, whatever, but that's what it means to me. I'm not religious. Clearly. I'm not part of any, um, judo Christian ideology. It's just a really great word to capture infinite unlimited consciousness and it's efficient. So I use it. Um, but that's, that's my medicine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's distinct, it's clear. And I'm so (laughs) glad, actually, that you started the conversation with God, because this has been very apparent in my own awareness, specifically the last few months. And I would love to start there because what, and it may not be something that you've noticed, but it may also be. So I just want to kind of put it out there. But this big surgence in the return to Jesus teachings, Christ consciousness, I would love your perspective on what that actually is, is at its essence, because I have my own, you know, and yeah. understandings around that, but I'm really curious as to, yeah, where you see that actually coming from, because I'm also seeing a lot of people that have been kind of swept into spiritual development, personal development, they've been on this chase and chase and chase. And then they're kind of like now coming to this pivotal kind of cliff hangar where they're like, okay, this is now the path that I'm being called to. But what I sense is that it's more a consciousness and an essence rather than something to seek outside of ourselves. So I'd love for yes. you to speak on that and into that if,
1: there's anything there yeah absolutely I I mean I Jesus is um, the Christ consciousness has been one of my guiding teachers for decades and decades but I understand what you're saying and I'm also really interested in this resurgence in uh, and maybe it's always been happening but it's in my world more of spiritual people going to Christianity in a very traditional model which I'm also really interested in And I wonder if in times of crisis and uncertainty, Christianity uh, offers a really black and white model. Like you do this, you follow this text, this is the way it is. And people go, oh, thank God, I don't have to think for myself, right? Which is kind of the opposite of spirituality, which is like question everything. So that's a bit of an aside, but it might be part of what you're touching on. Mm For me, the Christ consciousness is what is at the heart of all, again, esoteric, um, the esoteric heart of all religions and all the world's major religions have an esoteric and an exoteric. So uh, if you'll bear with me for a moment, just so that that's clear to anyone who's not uh, aware. So, like, if you look at um, Judaism, the Kabbalah is like the the esoteric mystical heart of that if you look at Islam Sufism is the mystical esoteric heart of that and in the it's the same you know it's in the yogic traditions like if we get into um you know I think a lot of yoga is esoteric but really uh the bhakti yoga devotional yoga there's there's all of the major faiths in the world have this kind of outward facing, these are the rules, this is how you do this. And then there's that inner mystical place that we are invited into through devotion. So if we're willing to put down our ego and we're willing to stop manipulating um, our faith to try to get us more stuff in the illusion of this life, then we might find the softness To come into the heart and that heart is where i locate the christ consciousness so the christ consciousness is what is in all of us that is god so if we look at the teachings of jesus which of course have been sort of co-opted by uh, a christian ideology but before they became christian and they were just the words of jesus what he said is you know the son of god exists in all people and that is um different to the Son of Man, which is how, you know, the Son of Man is Jesus, a person. The Son of God is the Christ consciousness, and that is within all of us. And we've all been put on this earth with the same amount of Christ consciousness in us, but not all of us will choose to bring that out of us. And the Christ consciousness is that part of us that is beyond the, the uh, clutches of the ego, that is able to uh, awaken or to be resurrected to truth right so that is what the resurrection is it's the opening of the inner eye and the inner eye is the opening of the third eye of our intuition right so the resurrection was jesus opening to his christ nature um his god nature and that is uh the way i see it it's the way of course in miracles sees it i'm just reading the yoga of Jesus by Paramahansa Yogananda and it's the way that he sees it. And it's a very beautiful liberatory space for me because I have always loved Jesus, but I've never been a Christian. So I was like, how do I reconcile this? And now reading um, Paramahansa Yogananda, he's saying the lost years of Jesus. He was in India. He was training as a yogi. He was imbued in the, the yogic uh, esoteric teachings and then brought them uh, to his community as, you know, what we have now received uh, through a very, uh, you know, doctored text. God bless everybody who follows the Bible, but we we have to be, like, if we're reasonable adults, we have to understand that text has been heavily redacted to fit a certain ideology that was political, mm-hmm. um, so I know I've kind of gone big and broad there, no, but I obviously, perfect. <laughs> that's I perfect. have some feelings.
0: <laughs> no, because this is so relative to where we are currently at, right? It's like the purity of these teachings and the essence of what these things are, are coming to the forefront, but it's all the whitewashing that sits around it that is now making itself so apparent as to how it's actually not allowed us to truly evolve. Because these things are ancient, they're sacred, you know, they have been around for such a long time. Yet where we currently find ourselves within humanity's evolution is at that tipping point of the old paradigm where we are so externally reliant is no longer working for those of us that are that have been on that journey of questioning, have been looking at things, have been willing to go within and start to reorganize that inner landscape and return to some of the essence to which you spoke of. So it's like those those of you that are listening right now, you will find resonance within all or some of what Ricky was saying because it isn't one way or the other. And I feel that's why this conversation has started here because all of those methodologies, teachings, practices, have wound up within it, that our way is the only way. Yeah. Right. But at its heart, when we strip back what you were saying about the, the external and we return to the essence of what it is, there was actually a really beautiful thing that I um, came across from Wayne Dyer. And I know that he's been one of your teachers recently at mm-hmm. came back into my field and it was, there are eternal truths and they're not coming from. It doesn't matter who the the, the teacher it is that it's coming through. Rather, yeah. so it was yeah. like he was speaking to that, and I feel, yeah, that again. I just want to reiterate why this conversation has
1: straight away gone <laughs> so deep, so deep, so well, deep. yeah, absolutely. So deep, and you're so- right. It's that capital T truth, you know, and you'll find that capital T truth repeated. It, you know, truth will rise to the surface. You know, not little t impermanent truth of what's convenient now for our particular cosmology, but eternal truth will be repeated by, you know, great teachers in whatever faith that you're following. And I think what you're touching on is something that I'm really um, aware of as well, is that post or whatever we are in relation to COVID, cause it's obviously still, yeah. we still live in that world where we're under the influence of that mm-hmm. policy and all the rest of it is that the emperor's new clothes will no longer be tolerated like mm-hmm. if you haven't been shaken to your core by the last two to three years then you mustn't have been paying attention mm-hmm. because it's it's been revelatory to see uh, all the falsehoods rise to the surface mm-hmm. and in that there's also been a whole bunch of truth that's been able to arrive to the surface and what might have placated us or comforted our egos or you know what adyashanti calls the spiritualized ego there was a lot and there still is but there's a lot of like let's use spirituality to manipulate and control and keep ourselves comforted that yeah the highest truth of god is get me more stuff like um okay no but that when it doesn't work anymore like when you can't participate in the world in those same terms My hope is that people have been, uh, a lot of people have been shaken out of that Mm. spirituality as a way to create more ego attachment. Mm.
0: That's such a valid point because I'm also seeing that a lot just as observing, you know, the new age movement, the way that spirituality has become this thing that we can commoditize, and, you know, Everybody wants to prove how spiritual they are. And this is said without or with the conscious awareness that I am not above or better than anybody else's journey. you know sometimes we need to go through that process to actually arrive at the true essence of what spirituality is there to teach us and we take people on that ride so that they too yeah. can arrive there. So I feel every teacher, even if that's the place that they're playing in, has a valid role to play. I just want to preface that. yeah, yeah. but it has become something where we're just attaching more trinkets and shiny things to something that isn't like, that's not what it is there for us to do because at its essence, it's supposed to be something that allows us to evolve and return more deeply to who we really are and what we're here to co-create. Right. So it's like, I'm curious around, you've touched a little bit on that, but what are your views when it comes to, this wave of new age spirituality that has allowed more of these falsehoods to rise because this Mm -hmm. isn't your first rodeo you know you've been in this (laughs) for a couple of decades so you've seen it evolve as well and I love hearing the perspectives of people that have been you know on this ride and have seen it become what it's become but have to a level been able to stay true to themselves and what they're here to voice and you know Mm. give and gift to the world
1: yeah. I I mean I love that question and obviously as you know like my whole thing is intuition beyond the trinkets and superstitions of the new age like I'm very keen to take away our toys that are trying to you know we're trying to use to yeah again comfort our littleness but I mean the politicization and the abuse of faith has been there forever i mean we just have to go back to what happened 300 years after jesus's death and the creation of the bible i mean it was it was all politically motivated to fulfill someone's idea of power and what they wanted and their agenda and how they wanted to control and manipulate so i think it's human nature and i think that that is why you know jesus says things or said things like do not cast pearls before swine what is being said in that is that people are not ready to hear truth before they're ready to hear truth right you you know this i've had this experience where you'll pick up a book and everyone's like this is the greatest book ever in spiritual book and you'll read it and be like this is rubbish you'll come back 10 years later and you're like oh my god yeah this book is amazing <laughs> right because you just weren't ready and that's again no judgment you just weren't ready but then when you were ready it came around again and this is the beautiful thing about truth it doesn't go anywhere even if we're being neglectful and abusive and indulging all of our um materialism and um you know like using these sacred texts as ways to convince ourselves that we're allowed to individualize to the extent that people die from hunger while others hoard wealth like this this is not the the plan that was meant for when we were given the free will to create this beautiful dream i cannot imagine that this was the i the highest ideal but we have free will for that purpose of discovering truth and it might take eight million incarnations before we d- recognize that nothing but the pursuit of moksha that a expansion of our divine nature will satisfy mm. but again this is why like we can't judge because everyone's where they're at and You and I might hear something and go, really, really? But for someone who's just at the very beginning, that thing might be the thing that opens them to their divine nature. And one day they'll be ready for more. And it may be this lifetime and it might be the next. But being able to know who is ready to receive what I am wanting to share and offer Mm And not being angry or judgy with the world when they're not ready for that or for those who are not. And I know you've probably felt this too. It can actually be like the further you go on the journey, the more sense of isolation mm. can come into it because there's, it is, It is. I I think it's an uncommon thing in the world right now to be really focused on that moksha, on that spiritual liberation. And and again, not because the world is bad or wrong, but because we've been told a really inferior story of what we are. And this is why, you know, the work that you do and the work that I do matters because we're offering another story. We're offering an alternative to that dominant narrative that says you're just here to satisfy your egoic pleasures. You know, fuck everyone who doesn't agree with you. You're allowed to, to stay in that. Space of just hoarding for yourself and and maybe the three people that you gave birth to and the one you chose to marry and everyone else can just you know that sense of of disconnection from the mother from the earth um, mm. these are all symptoms of that uh, patriarchal capitalist ego individualized model that says the highest good is how much money you have in the bank at the time of your death right mm. and if that's your religion if that's what you've been told is the highest ideal you know, you're being faithful if you go at that with your whole being. Although what will come into our consciousness at some point for all of us is that isn't giving me what I thought it was going to give me, right? Mm -hmm. That obsession with romantic partnership, the ridiculous amounts of money and time we spend on things like weddings, all of this is to distract us from truth, right? Like make someone else God. Mm -hmm. And it's a great way of then not going towards God. So again, I feel like I'm sort of going very broad here, but I'm excited by the questions and that sense of possibility of everyone's doing the best they can with what they've got. And also when people like you and I can keep clear and stay faithful to that deeper truth, we do make it possible for all consciousness to follow and I do think it's a tipping point it isn't about seven billion people getting to the same place at the same time it's about those change agents and those spiritual thought leaders who will not let themselves fall back into the clutches of the illusion that says it's how many money much money or how many followers or how many book deals you have that prove how much God loves you Mm -hmm. and to sit in the like for me the last few years have been a dismantling like oh my god like every comfort, every littleness has been taken away from me. And I can sit here now and say, God is in that. Like God is in that. But if you'd asked me a year ago, I would have been like, fuck oh, God.
0: <laughs> and that's the humanness of it. But it, I, like, I hear you, you know, yeah. I have certainly had my own versions of that happen as well. And it's like what you were saying way earlier on when you were speaking more to like what has played out the last two to three years, if it hasn't shaken you up, it also hasn't returned you to the truth of our sovereignty because when you don't, when you, when there is nothing left to lose, that is when you know, where do you stand? Because yeah, right? I got to where well, I was like, take it all. I can yeah. have it. And then I was like, but then what's left for you to take? Because I know me, I know that yeah. I've got a connection to something greater than, and I'm good. I might not have all the answers and I might be challenged daily to rise, to meet that. But there is nothing external beyond me that I will allow to dictate to me how I need to live my life or the things that I need to do to fall in line to be accepted by societal norms or expectations. Mm -hmm. And that's not for everybody to arrive there in that way. My way and your way is not the only way, but it is the call back home.
1: Yeah. And I think that's what this, you know, when people, a lot of people did say, you know, what was this all for or in it, there was a lot more questioning of why is this happening? And for me, it was that it's like, we we were given an opportunity to see differently, to be shaken out of our comfort zones. And it's different for everyone, you know, and you and I probably had a very different approach. I mean, everybody had to make choices with whatever they had, but the the reality of it was like like I just like if you came out of that the same as you went into that then were you asleep the whole time like (laughs) you know everything for me was brought to the table everything was questioned everything and you're right not just within my own practice my own faith how am I feeding myself what am I doing even though there were limitations that were placed on us around our physicality our own personal physicality but at that that meta level of, you know, policy and governments and economic decision makers and all of the mechanics, like everything, everything was so laid bare for us to see how things operate. And again, everyone made their own conclusions around that. I don't think there's one conclusion that everybody arrived at. Um, But I, I really hope And my hope out of it was when it was like, okay, this is happening. Like, this is obviously not going anywhere fast. How will I let this alter me? Like, how am I going to be changed by it? Because if I'm not changed by it, then, you know, it was an accelerated awakening program. And I'm, I think that is what I took away from it. It's like, it gave me a chance to really meet myself at a deeper level.
0: Mm, I'd love to just bring that back. Those words that you said there, like, how will I allow this to alter me? And yeah. then also add, like, will you arrive at the altar of devotion to the new version of yourself that's being asked to be birthed through? Because yeah. that is a continual process for us now. Because once it starts, there is no going back, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like this has cascaded a whole new trajectory for so many of us. And it's going to be a continual process, which I'm kind of now feeling it is another big broad <laughs> category, but like we've been speaking about. These times in prophecy for a long time, right? The Great Awakening, Mm. you know, all this sort of stuff. And I've had guests in the past who have touched on the more specifics around what has been moving through governments and policy, and da 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 da. So that's not where I want to take this. But from your perspective, in terms of the Great Awakening and the romanticized visions that we've been again projected onto us around, oh, it's going to be beautiful, and we're going to get there, and it's going to be like you know where do you see we're at within that trajectory and what do you offer people when everything externally looks like it's getting more crazy Mm. to navigate how do they remain in the place of trust in that they are here to contribute something to the trajectory we could actually potentially go down
1: such a great question and uh, you know there isn't one answer there isn't a simple response to that but I think that recognition that nothing in the dream which when I use that term what I'm referring to is is 3D material reality it's in my cosmology it's a dream Mm -hmm. and we're asleep in it and our process of awakening is waking up in the dream so that we're aware that we are players like we can actually use the dream uh, as an awakening tool, so that just to caveat that because i I feel like I keep saying the dream, and that's what I mean, um which again is not something that I've come this is very much part of every kind of you know tradition. There's teachers who've shared that, but that awareness that there is nothing external that will ever satisfy you in the way that God will satisfy you. And it is, and again, change that word if that doesn't work for you, but the only craving is the illimitable expansion of your consciousness. Nothing will satisfy you, nothing. No partner, no children, no job, no money, nothing. And because even if you have everything you think you want, like that, it can be taken away from you. You know, I had like students who, Ended up in different countries, to, pregnant to someone they couldn't see. Like their baby is now two, and they just met their dad for the first time. But it wasn't just; it was like their whole life was in that other country. Their work was in that other country. Their property was, you know, and they couldn't they couldn't go there. And there was no permission for movement, as you know, as we all know. But if that is if that is truly the level of freedom that we currently have freedom mm-hmm. in the dream then what point is they trying to build an empire externally like build build your queendom build your kingdom in here because everything else is an illusion mm-hmm. and we hate that thought right we hate that thought which is why even when it was happening we were pretending it wasn't happening <laughs> you know we literally were in a prison mm-hmm. it was a very big prison but it was a prison. Right. And we still, but you know, we could buy alcohol. So that's a good thing, right? At least we could go and get drunk at any time. At least and, we
0: could escape.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Escape. Yeah. yeah. So if, if we are ever building our sovereignty as an external manifestation, then we've, we've lost the point. We've missed the point of this, uh, what this awakening, and I'm speaking obviously to people who are on the spiritual path. Here. Yeah, I, that's that's my audience. So that's who I'm gonna. If I'm asked to speak about it, mm-hmm. and it it's really hard, Maxine, because what that means is that learned detachment not only to the things that you're willing to give up, like sure, take my passport, sure, you know, take take my ability to to do whatever, go outside, or, but what if it means truly letting go of that child that I gave birth to, like the, the attachment that my purpose, my life is in that body of that child or the career that I spent 30 years building or the wealth that I've amassed, like the things that people will literally die for. What if your peace and your sovereignty comes from saying, that's not mine, that never was mine, you know? and it's, it's a level of of non-attachment that I probably can sit in for like 30 seconds at a time if I'm lucky, you know, like if I if I'm having a really good day. But it's based on non-dualism. And non-dualism is my core philosophy, which is that I am that. Like I could never lose that child. I could never lose that anything because it is me and I am it. And that again is something I practice through devotion. It's not something I have under my belt oh my god I look forward to that life where whichever whichever <laughs> uh, it's like, it's like, just, As you were saying
0: that it's like I could feel something just stabbing me in the chest just like let go of that like let go of everything you love and it's kind of like yes oh, like it's, right? it's yeah like it, you get the essence of it but I feel like when you're in those situations that push you to really land there you will land there but it's like the thought of having to do that is yeah. the thing that we can't quiet master right yeah like in that moment it's like you need the experience to get you across the line in that way
1: yeah but we we can practice and we can practice I mean it's even like it's what shavasana is shavasana is corpse pose it's You are lying in your own dead body. That's kind of the point. And of course, what we've done to it in the West is it's the nice rest at the end of your practice, right? That's the way I used to see it. (laughs) Yeah, like you're practicing your death, you're practicing non attachment, even to that. And, you know, in the Buddhist tradition, they have meditations where you sit and meditate on viewing your own dead body. Like Mm. this, you know, this is where we go deep into that. Spiritual maturity of am I using my spirituality to try to like you know conserve this cool young body and stay really like even like why am I doing yoga am I doing yoga because I want to become more devoted to the highest consciousness and let go of attachment to this body or am I trying to get really strong triceps like mm. there's there's so many ways in which we are attached and that's okay that's again I'm in it I have babies I my, you know, prayer every night is, you know, keep them safe, keep them with me. But that's what I practice for the purpose of. Even if that was no longer in my life, could I still be faithful? Could I still love God? Could I still be in my, my devotion or is my faith conditional on getting my ego's needs met? Even really good sounding ego's needs like a mother should have her children, like sounds very reasonable, right? But in the bigger picture, they're not my children. This is not my body. This is not my house. Like these are, this is not even real. This is not even happening. This is a simulation. My consciousness is temporarily having this experience
0: yeah and then you know we go there but then we equally need to be able to bring ourselves back right because it's like we are in this body for a human experience and that is the really tricky path to to traverse. because it's like yes we're here to remember the infinite nature of all that we are but equally if that's all that we were to be we wouldn't have incarnated in these physical bodies
1: exactly and that's why i my latest tattoo is anthropos which means fully human fully divine right like that is the exact experiment that we're in how do you do divinity in a human experience right otherwise as you say, we would have picked a different training school another place like but this training school is how do you awaken god in and through the body and this is you know, why the intuition that we teach is an embodied intuition. It's a Shakta Tantra intuition. I mean, that's what Tantra is. It's it's devotion through the body. And um, it's not bypassing the humanity, but it's also recognizing that where we're going with that is to that learned detachment, right? So again, it's like, I'm not afraid of this body Aging, of changing, of I'm not trying to hold it. And we're terrified of that. Like we're so terrified of change in the body because of that. We're terrified of change everywhere. But how can I use this beautiful illusion, this necessary illusion to awaken and not, you know, it is an illusion, but it's a necessary illusion. Mm -hmm. It's got everything we need to awaken if we're willing. Mm -hmm. And mostly what we do is like, Hold on, don't change. <laughs> stay the same. You know, insure insure everything. Insure yeah. everything. Like everything must stay the same. And it's like, wow. That's that is the opposite of the truth. Like everything changes. Literally every breath we're changing.
0: And that's the whole purpose of it, right? What would the fun be if we were just <laughs> here for like okay, that's the same as it was like 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Like how boring. Yeah. But yeah. I love when I get to have conversations with people like you and guests like you because the conversation is so like it was really interesting because I was thinking about intuition or as more receiving rather intuition before you took it there, and you're like, and that's why we teach this type of intuition, and that's where I would love to kind of veer off next because yeah. again, it's one of those words like God that has had such a overutilized so many different ways of expressing and brought back to what we were speaking to earlier. Like intuition is this thing that we use to get what it is that we want, but it also speaks to us in so many other ways. And for people that are listening right now, and especially with social media, with all the energy that we're exposed to and the different tangents we get pulled into and the way that we get, you know, attached and entangled in things that might not be our own, it can be really tricky to decipher what actually is intuition? What's something that I'm getting from somebody else, especially those that are more sensitive. So I'd love for you to offer some of your wisdom around intuition, what it is, how people can navigate it. What do you know, or like, how do you know when it's intuition functioning and it's something or something else?
1: Yes. I love this. And of course, like literally written books on it because it's so important to me. So, you're absolutely right. There's so much nonsense and uh, you know, mystification, but like disinformation and noise around intuition. And again, it feels almost like an intentional, like campaign to keep us away from our superpower. Like if we make it nonsense, if we make it woo-woo, if we make it outrageously silly, then we never have to really, you know, consider its power. And it really is our highest form of intelligence, but there are conditions on that. The main issue that we have with intuition and why most people don't understand how their intuition is working or what it's saying, or if they can trust it, which is my number one question, like, how can I trust my intuition? How do I know if it's my intuition or if it's my anxiety talking Mm -hmm. is intuition uses the temple of this body as the receiver. So if you are dysregulated, you have no chance. So the first condition is create a regulated nervous system. And again, it goes back to what you said. When people realize there's work involved, they're like, what? I don't want to do work. Just show me the crystal. What, what crystal do I buy? What drink do I drink? You know, surely there's a practitioner out there who can just magic my intuition to work. It's like, no, you actually have to make the conditions in your life in order to come into regulation. And it's not we know with nervous system regulation, you're not regulated all the time. We go in and out of dysregulation and regulation because that is how we stay safe. That's how we get out of danger. That's how we make assessments about where we should be and what we should be doing. But having an agile, responsive nervous system that can recover quickly, um, move through things with that agility. So that means okay, you have to look at what you're eating. You need to look at the stimulants you're putting into your body. How much sleep are you getting? Do you have time every day in stillness, silence and solitude? Are you creating the conditions for nervous system regulation in your own life? Mm -hmm. And if you're not, that's a probably a really good subconscious answer to your question, you know, I'd, you actually don't want to hear your intuition. Most people don't struggle to hear their intuition or know their intuition. Most people don't want to know what their intuition's saying. Cause their intuition is probably saying, put down the booze, leave the man, go to bed early, go and do some bloody exercise, look after yourself. And we want to hear that intuition's like, there's a million dollars just over there if you just pick that right coach and do that course and pick the right branding colors or whatever nonsense. So, okay. That's the first step. Find out where you're dysregulated, do the work to become regulated, and then create the conditions in your life where you have, you know, intuition is subtle. It's the language of consciousness. It is not like a neon flashing sign. It needs to be honored and respected. So have I sat in even five minutes of devotion today do i have an environment around me that feels good to be in like have i cleaned it is it full of the right people have i looked at nature today have i done the things that are increasing prana in my body have i breathed with consciousness today right again this all sounds like a lot of work ricky surely there's just someone i can go and sit with who's going to do it for me i'll just pay that psychic to do it right (laughs) and that's that leads us then, if we create those conditions, your intuition is innate. Your intuition is begging to get your attention. It will just flow like honey. And you don't ask a question. You live in an embodied state of being, which I call intuitive intelligence. So you live in a flow state. You're not stopping, pulling a pendulum, a tarot card, asking a question. You're just in that flow. And one day you'll go to do something and you'll be like, oh, no, nope, not that. Okay. And then, yep, yeah, that. Okay and there's so much here that i want to share but i'll try and follow that thread mm. fear fear is a face of your intuition so when people say is it my f- intuition or is it my anxiety i'm like your anxiety is your intuition mm. but again you don't want to hear what that anxiety has to say which might be this job is not working for you you have to stop taking drugs or you know please start eating differently or whatever it is you want to believe that anxiety just exists in your body as a you know thing all by itself and anxiety is a messenger like all fear it's a messenger it's saying hey Maxime you forgot your god you forgot your infinite let's change the conditions of your life and you're like change change no no terror terror I can't no no I can't tell what my intuition's saying right we don't want to hear that because we'll have to evolve So when we change our perception of that and we recognize you're innately intuitive, you already have everything you need. Your body is the technology of your intuition. So don't abuse it. Right. So if you put your phone in water and then say, I can't get any calls, like shocking your phone suddenly not working because you submerged it in water. It's the same. Like, what am I doing to prime this receiver? And if I'm not willing to do that, then maybe I'm not really ready for the responsibility of my intuition.
0: Let that one land. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It's interesting. Again, you like line it up perfectly because responsibility is something that comes with it. And this was something that I recall really clearly in the short time that we had together was, I remember you saying to me, and at that time I was a PT and I was exchanging energy with so many people and you know, I was doing so much to give my energy away because I didn't want the responsibility because I didn't know how to handle the velocity of the energy that I held. So I just depleted it. So I was like, give it away, give it away, give it away. And the thing that you said to me was, you're really fascinating because you have so much energy, but you also like peak and trough so quickly. You just like, I, I've, ne- I've not seen something so instable that has that capacity But it was the responsibility that I hadn't yet matured into, nor did I want to take it. So can we speak a little bit more on responsibility? And when we have, you know, a deeper awareness around these things, because the people that are listening to this, they are part of the wave of change that we're here to help co-create. And sometimes we need to get a little more honest with ourselves as to where we're not truly leading within that responsibility and integrity before we try to aid and guide and support others yeah
1: yeah yeah I love that and it's it's it came up this question of responsibility in a workshop that I was just running last week and a woman was saying you know I came into this workshop feeling really afraid of responsibility I feel like I have too much responsibility on my shoulders I'm you know taking care of everybody and I understand now that Divine responsibility is really different mm-hmm. to earthly responsibility of like I got kids, I got to do the work, I got to earn the money. And so I think as as a society we we are scared of the idea of responsibility generally because it usually means I will have to give more than I'm getting. Like it's, it's things will be taken from me. When we talk about divine responsibility, what we're what we're accepting is that I am powerful and i'm powerful because of my holiness because i am god and therefore i am not in isolation with that so part of that responsibility is being in receipt of that holy energy opening myself to receive my intuition opening to receive that divine consciousness which again is always there but that i block out of fear of receiving now you at that time and i love that you can remember that in such detail you know, again, you were very young and gorgeous. And, you know, you're meant to be learning about all this stuff, right? You're not supposed, I mean, gosh, you had so much more figured out at your age than that age than I did. But that idea of receiving can be scary as hell. Because again, we're told that receiving means that you are sort of bonded, like you you go into this bondage. But I wanna talk just briefly about the movement of all energy in the cosmos, right down to the subatomic particle, right up to the whole universe. It moves in a toroidal field, that's the movement. Toroidal field, if you're not aware, I know you would be, but for anyone listening is a donut shape, right? So it's that never ending loop. And we are in that toroidal field with infinite consciousness and the, the largest electromagnetic frequency or field produced by our bodies is our heart. So imagine that from your heart to the heart of the infinite, you are in this constant loop of giving and receiving. You are never giving more than you are receiving. And to give is to receive, it is the law. These are the cosmic laws. So as within, so without, as above, so below. That is the second immutable law, the law of correspondence. When we understand that, that we receive in proportion to what we give, we aren't then going to block the receiving, right? So a lot of that loss of energy that you were feeling was giving, 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 because I don't want to hold this power, but without feeling safe to receive that wave after wave of infinite consciousness, trying to just hold you and love you and support you. And we block it through self-loathing and negative self-talk and believing people's shitty opinions of us because we're primed to the negative we know that's how our brains work we pick up the negative cues much more quickly um, which is a survival evolutionary thing but still it messes with us now and now you know undoubtedly you're in that space where you recognize that whether you think of it in terms of the toroidal field or not that there is never anything that you're offering that isn't being made available to you in equal measure right and that's how I think we can nourish ourselves in that because to give without letting yourself receive is actually in uh, like you're breaking the law like the cosmic law and that's when you'll create problems and we see this with people who are in their martyrdom archetype right Um, and really obsessed with the idea of like of you know Jesus on the cross. So that's the that's the image of Jesus that we're all in the Judeo-Christian cosmology obsessed with is the suffering Jesus, the the sacrificial martyr, because we believe in the worth of suffering. (laughs) We really, really buy into that story of suffering very successfully as a Western imagination. And the truth is that the divine responsibility is to know my only power is God's power. I am unlimited and I am infinite and when I give from that place I receive from that place and if I give from that place and I offer that to the world I'm the demonstration of that so that others can see that for themselves right in this again this western patriarchal capitalist model of power we've been taught it's power over it's a ladder you're trying to get to the top of the ladder hoard wealth have the most keep it for yourself Fuck everybody else. It doesn't matter what happens down there because you've made it in this cosmology of, you know, this oneness, this non-dualism, the more I expand in my holy power and the more responsibility I take for that, the more I give that, the more others can see that, receive that and be that. If I withhold that from the world, if I hold my gloriousness back from the world, then all I'm doing is holding everybody else back. Mm -hmm. That's the responsibility. Be the demonstration. Mm -hmm. And when you play small, you are keeping everybody small. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and that's the co-creative recreation that we're here for because what you have just spoken to, it's like it has been this reversal of Oh, well, you know, we'll help you. Like, we'll take you there. We'll teach you. Like, we'll do it for you almost. Like, let us, you know, as long as you're following, we'll give you the niceties to feel comfortable enough. But it's something that I, you know, the last few years has come through really strongly in my messaging was that the walk to the new, we need to do together. We cannot carry those. We can't carry, right? We have to, we can walk side by side. We're not doing it alone, but we have to walk there. We cannot do it for another. Whereas in the past, it's been this thing of, you know, we will save you with, you know, X, Y, Z illusion of, again, giving you comfort, but in the background, all this other stuff is happening that's truly disempowering you and disconnecting you from the truth of what we really are. and. That is not the co-creation, again, that we're here for and that circulatory in-out receivership. I feel like the last thing I kind of want to bring into that and close off on with you before we share a little bit about your offerings and, you know, where people can connect with you more deeply is the need for trust in that co-creative dance and that it is both an internal and an external one because we need to learn to trust the self, but we equally need to learn to trust one another because we cannot do this without one another.
1: Yeah. And you can't trust another if you don't trust yourself. Again, it's the mm-hmm. as within, so without. You can't say, I trust someone else if that's not there. And it's, it's, it is, you're absolutely right. It's that comfort or certainty that we can walk each other there together because I don't need you to agree with me. I don't need you to be Under my influence. I don't need to feel like you are constantly affirming me because I'm affirming me. Whereas right now, most of us are so insecure in that, that if everybody doesn't completely agree, which is why love relationships fail so often, because we're only comfortable if 100% in agreement. And if you ever disagree with me, then you can't love me. It's like we're so insecure that we're looking for this constant external affirmation. And as you're talking, what is occurring to me is the you know, the rise in the popularity or the mainstream awareness of psilocybin. And we know that, you know, the way that mushrooms evolve is as a network, that ecology, that evolution happens through the network, like all at once, like they evolve together, not because they're one mushroom, but because there is this network of consciousness. And as you become self-approving and self-confirming, that goes out through that network into all consciousness so everyone can feel safe with themselves and we're not trying to dominate or control other people because we don't need that and then that humanity returns to us because we're pretty dehumanized right now as a collective and we can then all walk each other home as Ram Dass would say not through furious agreement but by through honoring difference and that that just keeps sitting in my mind and I think that's why that medicine is so important even if you never take it like into your own body but to understand that that network of consciousness is what we are so don't be the thing that's withholding evolution from the rest of the network right be what the network needs Mm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then that's the trust in knowing that we each play our perfect part, right? And that's like the mushrooms aren't going to one another. Like, are you playing your part? Like, are you doing what you're supposed to do? <laughs> like, have you have you had enough water today? Like, are you having enough sun? It's like, no, each of them, each of the, in, the individual of the greater whole knows what they need to be doing to honour their own growth and evolution. And yeah. I feel that that is the return to trust in self. It's like, if you've got you and you're doing what you need to do for you, then you can only mirror that and you can only attract in those that are willing to maybe not be there with you all of the time, but that are inching closer to that. And that is how we get to, you know, create the potential version of the world that is possible for us when we take that on as our own. So there's so much that we covered today and it's been such (laughs) an amazing conversation. And I trust that everybody that has tuned in and will tune in, Will get exactly what they need. And as always, the invitation is take what resonates, leave the rest. You know, we are each here to dance our own dance, but we're dancing it together. So, you know, that's yeah. the medicine that I always like to return you to. And a big, big thank you to Ricky for being here. And I just want to give you the opportunity to share where people can find you, what you've got in the works, because work is more important now than ever and we need to elevate and showcase people that can hold the torch in the mirror
1: yeah thank you and i i feel really honored by the invitation to be here and i'm so grateful uh, for you and and the beautiful influence you've had on me from the you know all those years ago however long we first met with your beautiful mama So I am the principal of the Institute for Intuitive Intelligence, and we do specialize in esoteric intuition. So that mystical phase of intuition that does connect us to that God voice within us. So that, that consciousness that allows us to be what I call spiritually fierce, as you know, that's the way I describe this self-trust, but that radical self-responsibility. And yeah, we have uh, trainings, um, all the time but the next one is coming up in February 2023 online it's a four-month initiation into uh, intuitive intelligence which is that method of uh, working with esoteric intuition um, through a trauma-informed embodied lens because of course that's the way we've got to do it right we're not trying to um, connect through dysregulation um, and I do have my books Spiritually Fierce and Superconscious Intuition and you can find them all over the internet
0: Okay. Amazing. And I'll of course note in the show notes where people can find you on your socials and website and all of that. So yeah, thank you for dancing with me. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being you. Um, And that's all we've got for today. So thank you guys for listening and we'll see you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Together We Rise, the podcast. I am so appreciative of you being here and willing to receive the medicine in these conversations. Now, I do have one small favor to ask, and that is if anything that you hear here resonates, can you please on share it on your socials or with those that you love? Because that is the true power of rising together circulating the energy and the messaging and the medicine that is available to us in these co-creative conversations and that is where there is a potential for a change moving forward. We've all got to play our role and I would be extremely, extremely grateful if you are able to support us in that action. So thank you in advance for your support. I really hope to see you in one of the next episodes and in between now and then I'm sending you all of my wildest love.